0: Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at The Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Well, good morning everybody, and welcome back to our devotionals, uh, exploring the book of Zechariah, or as we've called it, The Gospel According to Zechariah. And, uh, I know we've said it a few times, but the reason we've called it that is because this book really has so much gospel, so much good news in it. Uh, I've said before that it's like a a, a book in the Old Testament that wants to be in the New Testament. It has so much goodness in it. It's bursting at the seams. So um, this morning we're in chapter one still, and we're looking at verses 14 to 17. And it says this. So this is Zechariah 1, 14 to 17. Then the angel said to me, shout this message for all to hear. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. My love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion is passionate and strong. I'm just going to jump down uh, and skip a verse and I'm going to go to the bottom when it says this. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I've returned to show mercy to Jerusalem. My temple will be rebuilt, says the Lord of heaven's armies and measurements will be taken for the reconstruction of Jerusalem. Say this also, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says, the towns of Israel will overflow with prosperity and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem as his own. So the, the strong message that comes through in those verses is, God loves Jerusalem and Mount Zion. It says, my love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion is passionate and strong. And so what does that look like? It looks like eventually it doesn't say when, but it it promises that one day the Lord will restore his people. He will restore Jerusalem. His temple will be rebuilt. And uh, and it, it says that Israel will overflow with prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem as his own. Now, Obviously, we can read this in its historical context with Zechariah talking uh, to the people around him about the fact that 70 years or so ago, the land that they live in was destroyed and they were taken into exile. And now they're coming out of exile and the place is being rebuilt. But actually, as we go through Zechariah, you find that he himself thinks that what they're doing in in this project of rebuilding the temple is merely only a preview of something much bigger later on. In other words, this is a prophecy that we can apply in lots of different ways. And when we look at a passage like this, the question that perhaps comes to our mind is, how do we read it for today? When we read about the Lord's love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion, does this mean that we have to have an opinion, for instance, on uh, Jerusalem and Israel as a political uh, entity in the Middle East today? Well, actually, what I'd say is this. If you go through the Bible as a narrative, allowing the story to tell itself, as you get into the New Testament, you find that um, the church, God's people, whatever they are, are identified as the true Israel, the true Jerusalem. And so I'm completely unashamed of interpreting this about God and his love for his church, because that's how the New Testament interprets it. For instance, in Galatians 4, Paul compares um, us, the church, as the heavenly Jerusalem. And then he compares the current nation of uh, the Jewish nation as the earthly Jerusalem. And he says in bondage. And so one of the things that you find is there begins to be a distinction between the people of Israel as a nation and us, the church, as the true Israel. And it's a really helpful distinction. And actually, it's a distinction that Andy and I will be using as we go through Zechariah. We can use the word kind of Israel in two senses. Another place, for instance, would be in Romans 9. In Romans 9, Paul begins by talking about his love for his own people and his love for Israel. But then he starts saying, but not all who come from Israel are part of Israel. And you kind of think, what does he mean by that? But he's starting to draw a distinction that's very helpful for us reading a lot of these prophecies, There is um, Israel in inverted commas, which is the nation, those who don't know Christ, but who are genetically descended from Abraham. And then there's Israel, the Israel as it should be, the church, God's people. And you find once he makes this distinction, it comes up all the time in the New Testament. Another place would be 1 Corinthians 10, for instance, where he's just used a message from the Old Testament to encourage us in our walk and then he says, Consider Israel according to the flesh. You know, a, another translation might be, Consider the fleshly Israel. And, and again, he's drawing a distinction there. And then finally, one other place to go to is, is Hebrews uh, chapter 10, where it specifically says that when you come to church, when you gather as God's people, we are coming to Mount Zion. And so, as I say, I'm completely unashamed about reading this, about us, because that's how the Bible reads it. That's how the New Testament tells us to interpret it. And so with that kind of aside, and and just bear that in mind, because that will come up as we go through this book. When we read about Jerusalem, when we read about Mount Zion, the question we have to ask is, are we talking about, you know, to use Paul's language, Israel according to the flesh or the true Israel church, how that's supposed to be? And uh And so I'm just going to read that message again. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. My love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion is passionate and strong. And then at the bottom, uh, the Lord says that the towns of Israel will overflow with prosperity. And the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem as his own. Why is it so important for us to get this message is about us? For us in the West at the moment, we're quite comfortable, really. And it's still a comfort nonetheless to know that the Lord's love for us is passionate and strong and he will comfort us, that he will be there for us. But let's put ourselves in the perspective of um, the people writing and in the perspective of so many Christians today. Persecution, attacks from those outside can really be a challenge um, to how we think about God's passionate love for us. The people at this time must have been really struggling with that concept that we are God's people and God loves us, but we're being attacked and, and persecuted on every side. The church today is attacked on uh, many, many different sides. For instance, in China, pastors are still arrested and put in prison and taken from their families with uh, uh, jumped-up charges that don't really exist their charge really is being a preacher of the gospel. In India today, I know that, for instance, the COVID situation in India is, is awful and we continue to pray for that and we, we look on with um, you know, broken hearts as so we see all the death there. But let's not forget that even more than that, just last year or the year before last, India passed an anti-conversion law where preaching the gospel may land you in prison. The church in India is under attack. The church in China is under attack. The church in many places in the world is under attack. Their walls, if you like, have been broken down. Jerusalem is being invaded. But this is what the Lord says to the the persecuted church. My love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion is passionate and strong. But is that just a, oh, here's a shoulder to cry on? Is that just saying, well, everything's going wrong, but don't worry because I love you. It's more than that. Because if you go to verse 16, it then says this, therefore, this is what the Lord says. In other words, because of this, this is what the Lord says. I have returned to show mercy to Jerusalem. My temple will be rebuilt, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The measurements will be taken for the reconstruction of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. The towns of Israel will overflow with prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem as his own. That message for the persecuted church is the Lord is zealous for you, and he will step in. He will not let his church be destroyed. He will not let his church be defeated. He loves Jerusalem and Zion, and he will step in, his zeal for them dictates that the comfort that he can give them will express itself eventually in their vindication. It may not be soon, it may not even be in our lifetime, but the the Protestants had a phrase that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And the Lord is working in in his persecuted church to bring about something wonderful. And so I hope that we are regularly praying for the persecuted church. I know I I fall short of it, um, definitely, but when we read the stories of what our fellow brothers and sisters are going through, I think we need to be reminded that the Lord's love for them is passionate and strong, and his zeal will step in. His zeal for them will will mean that he will act to redeem them. So let's uh, pray into that, and as we go through our day, I'd just like to, to ask, what does it mean to us that the Lord says that his love for us is passionate? and strong, but also what does it mean to us that God says that that will work itself out in uh, Jerusalem, Israel overflowing with prosperity, his church overflowing with prosperity. What does that mean to us? What hope does that give you in your Christian life? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love your people, that you are passionate for your people. And Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters who are persecuted around the world. We pray for our brothers and sisters in India, in China, particularly. Lord, we thank you that your love for them is passionate and strong and your zeal for them is active. Lord, we pray that you will indeed make good on your promises to restore and rebuild them, to destroy the enemies who would uh, harm your people and to let your... uh, Your rule and your kingdom extend over all the nations. In Jesus' name we ask this and we pray for it by the Spirit. Amen.